This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts. Welcome back to the Amazon Restricted Podcast. Just want to start by saying hello to our new listeners. The overall reaction to Dom and Marshy's debut on the show last week was good and we'll be welcoming them back in the near future. Plenty of controversy and news to get through this week and I'm delighted to say Jimmy's back of us to get through it all. How's your week off, Jimbo? Oh, well, you say it's a week off. It's felt like a long week, mate. It's felt like a long week. Uh, glad to be back. A lot to discuss. Yeah, plenty going on in there. Um Let's just go back and review the Newcastle game. A third consecutive 3-2 result involving us uh, this week didn't go in our favour. What were your overall thoughts on the Newcastle game, Jim? Well, honestly, but it feels like an age. It feels like an age since that game has taken place. You know how my views are. We've talked in a week. No one can be happy with that. Um, It was a poor start. They have two creative players on the pitch every time they picked up the ball. They look like they could get a shot off and score. What, what's important is if you're not playing well, you start the game poorly. You just shut up shop. And Craig Dawson's just irresponsible. He gets the red card. And then no matter how good the comeback can be, you're just really up against it. Yeah, well, I, I said last week, I don't know if you listened to it with uh, with Marshy and Dom, but I did say I was scared of St. Maximum. I know it's easy to say when he did score and get an assist the weekend before, but he absolutely loves it against us. They never look like losing when they play against us with him in the side either. So two sloppy goals, first of all, to concede. Fabianski, not his finest hour. St. Maximan piercing through the heart of defence, slotting one in, deflected off the up, whatever way you want to look at it. It just weren't good enough. And it's the West Ham of old. It's something that we're not really used to seeing this year. Before the game, we'd um we'd been responsible for zero errors leading to goals. I suppose Dawson. You know, could hold his hands up there. It's just gone downhill, Dawson. Since securing his move after making 15 Premier League appearances, he's been absolutely dreadful, isn't he? Well, I mean, look at his last four. He's got two own goals and a red card. I mean, that says it all. He's just, it's really turned from it and it's really turned quickly. Uh, that's what's surprising about it. He was rock solid start of the year. Everyone was rating him. But I feel like now we're seeing signs of the player who went through a double relegation with two teams. We are seeing that come out I'm not going to abandon him just yet I know he's in a poor runner form he can turn it around but the holes are starting to show so the first yellow card he sort of has to make it it's a tactical foul the second one's all his own fault dreadful first touch proper bad actually like you can't be doing that in the Premier League and he lunges tries to commit the foul Double. it's, it's the first game we've watched together me and you for God knows how long obviously the goal went in we were both gutted then you go back to the red card. It was just laughable, wasn't it? We just couldn't stop laughing. It was it's embarrassing. As well for the second goal, Fabianski is dreadful, dropping one at the feet of Joe Linton. Who, to be fair, I was saying to you a couple of minutes before how dreadful he was. Curse of the commentator, if you like. It was it was just a rough day at the office. And I mean, you could probably argue that we've been due one of those lately with the way we've been performing, the way we've been conceding goals in games, having gone three goals up. But you know, it's, it's just not something you'd expect from a team that's pushing for the top four. And you're not going to be qualifying for the Champions League based on that sort of performance, are you? We don't normally find ourselves in these positions where we are challenging for the Champions League. And still against Leicester, we're the underdogs. And I think that's how we prefer it to be the underdogs. Pressure's off. Because we went into that Newcastle game 
well, I speak just for myself, but I assume you. I had expectations going into that. I knew it was coming. If we if we had a win there, then Chelsea at the weekend, I was already looking for the next game. And I think I, maybe the players did as well. They underestimated it. Um, but it just shows you can't take any game for granted, especially with the injuries that we have. But don't get me wrong, this Newcastle team is poor at the moment. Really poor. And we saw how poor they were when they went down to 10 men. So it just wasn't good enough today. I think we can leave the Newcastle game there, really. Uh, there's a bigger story, which we'll get into now, is obviously the European Super League. Um, where to start, Jim? I, I was saying to a couple of the boys this week, I can't, I can't think of a bigger story in football ever than this. What do you think? Well, I mean, I've never watched Sky Sports News as much as I have in the last week. I mean, it just seemed never-ending. The second one update was done. We're getting breaking news from Milan. We're getting breaking news from Madrid. It was just non-stop and it was just a farce. Like you say, I had talk sport on repeat. Um, anywhere I went, I just had it on, in my headphones. I just wanted to be up to date all the time what was going on. Because you sort of, you fear for the actual sport, didn't you? You fear for football as a whole at that time. You didn't know what could have happened. I mean... Never heard of anything like it, especially with the six Premier League clubs trying to break away. You, you start thinking all sorts of things. Like initially, like what does this mean for the Premier League? Are they going to break away now? Is the season over with all of our hard work that we've done? Yeah, you know, there's so many avenues that we could go and have this chat. Me and you, we haven't spoke about this yet, really. Have we? So this could really go anywhere. How do you feel about it? How do you feel about it? First of all, well, I think it's shocking because anyone who's watched football from a young age loves the game. I've never thought about it that much, how important the pyramid is and how much you need to value just competition. And that was, questions were made of that and that cannot happen. Otherwise it does become a farce. Mm. We, we're talking to our friends who do support teams in the top six and they're not interested in this league. No one wanted it apart from the chairmen's, the boards, all the suits. That's the only people who this benefited. I just feel like there's always been greed in football, isn't there? Like you sort of just turn a blind eye to it and get on with it because you enjoy going and watching the sport. But, you know, I've never really considered how much of a gap there is between those at the very top of the clubs and those who are paying to go and watch the games. Like if anything, this has just shown how big a divide there is. And, you know, you, you feel like these, these people at the top of the club just don't have a conscience, do they? They, they really thought they could get away with this. But like, did they genuinely think that there wasn't going to be an uproar? I just feel like there's much more going on than what we're being told at the minute. Although I think it's gone away. I don't think this is the end of it. Well, I think they, of course, they don't care about the average fan. They've made that clear. Um, but I think they do think they can get away with it. I think they run it like a business that we've we've seen in a week that they want to run it like an uh, NFL type system where no one can get relegated. No one gets promoted and there's no jeopardy. No one's going to get relegated. And that means year on year, you can get your forecasts, you can get your shareholders together and they know how much they're going to earn. And that's going to get more investment. And at the end of the day, that's all they care about. They don't care about the average fan. They'd rather launch an app, have 200 million Man United fans in Asia, buy it for two quid. Why do they need the aggro of filling up Old Trafford? They don't need it anymore. They can just get the money elsewhere from fans who aren't going to give them grief. I thought Neville was unbelievable. The way he come out and he just spoke passionately about it. And, you know, just going to town on United, going to town on Woodward, the Glazers, everything. I mean, I know there was other clubs involved. Obviously, you've got Spurs, Ars- Spurs and Arsenal, by the way. Like, how are they 
being invited into this. Arsenal, all right, they've won a few FA Cups recently, but they're not the club they once were. I don't understand where Spurs come into this. Because Perez even said himself, the, um, the Madrid president, he said each of the clubs invited into this are, are, you know, are deserving of a place in the European elite. They've been winning titles for the last 20 years. Does he even know Spurs are? Well, to your first point with Gary Neville, I think he did speak really well uh, in the week. But I do always have this feeling with him. He's really gotten a lot of good press this week. But let's just get it clear. He's not a man of the people, okay? Who do you think is going to bid for it? Do you think Sky's going to bid for that if the Super League comes about? Then what is he saying? It's all well and good to protect themselves because Sky didn't want this to go through, to cut their own backs. Where was he when there was £15 matches going out on Sky? Where was he then? What was he saying? He put out one tweet. That was it. There was no campaign like this. There was nothing else. So that's when it actually mattered, when it was in his backyard. So it was easy to criticise. So this whole man of people thing from Neville, I think he spoke well on the matter, but I don't think he's no hero. Put your money where your mouth is, yeah? What were you doing when Sky was about? I think this is a bigger problem than that, though. This is a much bigger problem than that. All I said, he spoke well on it, but he's not a man of people that everyone's making out to be. This is a big, big, big deal. And he's he's spearheaded the whole argument against it. Like he stood up at the right time. Yeah, but when it suited him, when Sky allowed it to happen, when it didn't have Sky's interest, and Rio can fuck off as well on BT. <laughs> Rio's the worst. The hypocrisy for him to come out going, how dare these how dare these chairmen do this and that to their own fans? This is what Rio says. Yeah. And then he goes to the Newcastle fans, why don't you put your own money in your pockets and yeah. buy the club? Yeah. And now he comes out three weeks later. He wants us to all unite. You for real? To your second point about Spurs, let's be clear. It's not about merit. It's about global appeal. That's all it's about. It's about selling shirts, about getting money in the doors. That's, they don't care about history. They don't care about fans. Um, I think it's very convenient. On the same day, Daniel Levy sees that big fat check from the Super League. Oh, Mourinho, you can go. I've just found 40 million to pay you off with. That seems all very convenient to me. Yeah, same day, title out under the carpet. All right, then we'll just ignore that. Um, But I just don't like the way the game's going. You know, we're going to have VAR replays sponsored by Bud Light. I don't want to see that. This corner is brought to you by Dunkin' Donuts. It just, the whole thing just stinks, doesn't it? It's going to be the Bud Light London Stadium. (laughs) That's what I want. Let's get one thing clear. I mean, like, we've come out and released a statement this week, West Ham, saying we're completely against it. But I, I think me and you both know Alex. they'd be all over it, wouldn't they? They'd be all over it if they got the chance. Look, you you got to back yourself when you're not invited to the party. You know what I mean? you got to back yourself. So I understand the statement, but let's be clear. The Dildo brothers would have undercut all of them. 400 mil, they would have done it for 40. It's difficult to say. This, it's difficult to say right now what this means for us going forward in our season, but... I just feel like if if it was West Ham, Leeds, Villa, Everton doing this breakaway, you know, we'd have been punished already. We, we'd we'd have been we'd have been thrown a points deduction, a fine, any anything you can think of. The book would have been thrown at us, but because it's these big teams, I just felt they're going to get away with it. I felt they're going to be accepted back with open arms, and they're just going to be able to get on with it. But again, that's where the money's an issue. Like the Premier League isn't the Premier League without those six big teams, right? We we all know that that they're such a draw. Um, for all fans around the world. And it's why the Premier League makes so much money. So they can't realistically 
punish them too severely. I don't agree with all of this bollocks about let's let's not punish the club. I mean, it's not the it's not the fault of the fans. It's not the fault of the players and the manager. Now, try telling that to Wigan last year. Wigan finished thirteenth in the Championship last season. Had a good year. They got relegated and given the points deduction for League One because their owners were fiddling about with money. But what's the difference between that and this? I know, I know that we both understand why it's different because of the size of the clubs and because of the draw they have. But that's what the main issue is here, really. That's that's why there's it's favourable behaviour, favourable decisions towards the bigger sides, and it's just not right. And it's not going to go away. They need to be punished. And you know, speaking of punishments, what what would you do? I mean, it's hard to say because obviously, as a West Ham fan, yeah, it was a joke a few weeks ago. Like, I wouldn't mind ten points going off of Chelsea. Wouldn't mind ten points here. The whole the whole question of this is bringing integrity into the game and how you have to deserve the right to win and perform at the top, gain Champions League places. So, would I want West Ham? in one of our best seasons uh, I can remember to qualify because someone else was deducted points. I'm not too sure. I'm not too sure that that's what I'd want. Uh, I hope they get fined from the Premier League. I hope there's fines everywhere because I know Roman can suck it up. I know City can suck it up, but let's, let's see what the Glazers say. Slap a hundred million fine on them. So let's see what they're saying. Same with Liverpool. Because yeah. there's got to be punishments for people running your team into debt. And that's most important. There's no divine right that you stay afloat. If you have shit owners, that means you can get relegated. You can go bust. I mean, we look at Wimbledon. You know what I mean? Like, there's no divine right that you just always are and always will be. As far as punishments go, we can't now have... Well, even if we dock 20 points, I mean, City is still going to win the title. Look, you was about to say about relegation there. Let's say you put... So, say these teams did break away. There was that story earlier in the week where if they were to break away and they wanted to come back, they have to go into the fifth tier of football. They have to go into the National League, it would be, for us here. I just... I don't I don't see the benefit in doing that. All right, it'll, it'll create revenue for the clubs that are in that league. They'd get a one-off game, maybe a two games a season against the big sides. But it does overall ruin the pyramid, like we said earlier on. So say you're, I don't know, um, Dagenham and Redbridge who are in the National League, right? And they're trying to get back into League Two to become a professional side again. And then their their seasons are going to be disrupted, maybe for two or three years, because you've got six teams that are going to be trying to go up the divisions. And it will be an, it will have a knock-on effect. You could have, for example, Southend who are in League Two. All right, they're, not, they're going down by the look of it. But let's say they're going to be going up that season to League One. You know, that's going to ruin their progress for a season. Then you look at Portsmouth that are trying to come back up into the championship. You see what I mean? There's a knock-on effect. And it's I don't think it would be the correct thing to do to relegate them. I, I think it just... that that You need to have a points deduction. Fines, I don't think, are going to do enough. There needs to be a European ban. I think you need to ban them from Europe for the next couple of seasons. They don't even want to play in the Champions League. So why should they have the right to qualify for it? That's fair, but I just, I just can't see it happening. I think if you find them and send the money down the leagues from the Premier League and actually redistributed it out the pyram- through the pyramid that they've disrespected. I think that is perfect karma for what they've done. Yeah. Uh, the points, points deduction, I'd love to see it. They deserve it. Let's not, let's not take the piss. Like they do deserve it. I know I said I wanted Champions League on credit and there'd always be a little asterisk next to it, but I do not care. I do not care. At the I, same I, time, I, I, look, I, I get what you're saying. You don't want it to be tainted. This like we've done, yeah. done so well this season and, 
you know, fingers crossed we qualify for the Champions League, if not Europa. That that is still up in the air in itself. But I don't really care, to be honest with you, because it's not going to be, you're not going to look at us at the end of the season and think, oh, West Ham qualify for the Champions League, a bit dodgy. You're going to be looking at the other six clubs that have been deducted and they've just, they, their clubs have been dragged through the mud. And that's what's going to be the end of the story. It's not going to be about us getting in the Champions League, not on you know, not on merit. The last thing is the Champions League reform that we're going to talk about. The only thing I have a problem with that, with the reform, is the fact that they've, not even that weird table, two big boys, if they don't qualify, they've still got a spot because of who they are. They doesn't go, yeah, the top four is still solid and five and six, but say if then Arsenal finish seventh, they could get invited in Champions League. But that's pretty much just, what the Super League's trying to achieve, isn't it? It's just, it's it's, ba- it's trying to achieve exclusivity. So every year you can guarantee you, you, the big names are in there. And I don't know, the, the whole the whole Super League concept, they're just born off greed. And it's just everything that's wrong with football, I think, really. I think it's just... Well, this is what happened. Your wafer goes to these big sits. So we're like, we're going to try and appease you. We're going to make more money. We're going to get a hundred more matches for you. Much more match day revenue, all this bollocks from the broadcasters. That's what we're going to give you. We're going to make sure we can't go too over the top now, guys, but we're going to have two people on merit. You could be doing shit this year. I'm looking at you, Arsenal, but you could get in here on the lottery. You could get one of these spots. And this was meant to keep them happy, but that wasn't good enough for these people. I mean, that, that rule for me doesn't make sense. I don't like it. And you know what? You want to reform the table. That isn't the big problem. It's the fact that you're back in these big teams who can be run poorly and still be rewarded. That's the issue. These two lottery spaces, based on who you are, bollocks. You know what? Like for a long time, we joked about Arsenal and like giving them grief, but I just feel bad for him with that Cronky. Like I feel bad. He's awful. Like, he's run that club into the ground. The, the Yanks, mate. They're not good for the game. They're not. <laughs> well. <laughs> This is uh, brought to you by Big Heads Media Podcast Group, who are an American company. But, you know, we're going to be honest here. We're going to break the fourth wall. <laughs> they are not good for the game. Like, we don't want franchises. We don't want divisions where you can't go up and you can't go down. We don't want security. Like, you want drama in football. You want passion. You want, you want, you know, there's, there's so much more excitement that comes in a league where you're fighting relegation and you stay up. Even if you go down, sometimes it's actually a good thing for teams to get relegated. Norwich, for example, this year went down last season without doing anything. They were dreadful last year. They've gone and had a great season this year in the Championship. They're going to come back up. Are things going to be different? We don't know. But, you know, would you rather be sitting in the bottom half of the Premier League all season or winning games? Like when we went down as West Ham fans in uh, 2011, 2010, we got relegated, didn't we? Um, you know, there was that dreadful season at Upton Park under Avram Grant. And we had one of the best years me and you have had as supporters. Admit it, it was true. Like, apart from maybe this year, which we haven't been able to go out of the games anyway, and the season when we had Pyatt, which was unbelievable. You know, that, that championship season was great for us. We won so many games. You know, we got to travel around the country going to watch us play. We were winning all the time. And it was so much more enjoyable than just fighting relegation every year. You know, I just can't believe they're trying to take that away. But that's the thing. They don't care about enjoyment. It's about money. And that's where it all comes back to. Um, they don't get European culture, let's face it. They're not, they don't believe in the league system. Uh, they believe in their way of doing things and they're trying to implement it on us. And the sad thing is, I, they're going to be back. Don't think we've heard the last of them. They're yeah. going to be back. These are people that aren't used to hearing the word no, are they? Let's be honest. Like They're not, they're not used to being told they can't have something. They can, they can throw money at most things. And 
you know, this is this is just testing the water, really. Let's be honest. Like this is this has been in the pipeline for years. We've we've heard about this a lot over the last few years. Like it's always been floated around the idea of a Super League, or you know, whether it's going to replace the Champions League or replace the Premier League. It's been floated around for a few years. It's all it's been a known thing, but. This won't be the last we hear of it. And you and I both know that. Everyone listening to this knows that. So these people, they don't mind stepping on toes. They don't care about the sport. They don't care about underpaying people. They don't care about what's going on in Qatar, building those stadiums. They just don't care. It's just about the money. And I know Ollie said it when it was about VAR, but game's gone. Game's gone. This is the first time when, you know, you hear that phrase, the game's gone. This is one of the first times you can actually apply it and mean it. Like the game, the game nearly was gone, and like we say, they're going to be back. It's just going to be how we deal with it. And you know, if they want to run off and make this league, let them, let them do it. The Premier League will survive. It won't be the same, fair enough. But you know, there's enough passionate fans. There's enough good football teams that deserve a chance to be in the Premier League that have been battling to for years. It can still be an exciting competition without them. I don't want them gone, but I'm just saying the Premier League will survive. Of course, it will. All right, so we've had a good old rant there, Jim. We've got a few things off our chests. Um, let's look ahead to the London derby on Saturday. We're playing Chelsea at home, uh, the former Super League side. Jim, what are your thoughts on the game, mate? Well, I mean, if a Roman allows this to go ahead, I'm sure he doesn't think we're worthy enough to host his precious Chelsea, of course. Uh, how do I see this going? It's going to be a tight game, like I always say. Well, I hope it's going to be tight. If we play anything like we did against Newcastle, it won't be bloody tight. Let me tell you, we got a lot of improving we need to do. Our injury list at the moment is awful. I mean, look, and these aren't just bit part players. We're looking at Cresswell, Rice, Antonio. No Dawson as well. No Dawson. Well, after last week's to play, he's not as big as a miss as he would have been. Not sure if Masuaku's going to be back either, mate. We'll need Masuaku. Look, it's, it's going to be rough. We've just got to hope they've got one eye on Madrid in midweek. If that game goes ahead, we've got to assume it does. And yeah, surely you'd think that's where the focus is going to be. I know in the week they were rattled by the news of this Super League. The Tuchel came out and said it. He said the, it ruined preparation. Um, but I just hope that we put in a good performance. And this really means this is an advert for the Premier League. And it really has a lot riding on this. And I feel like we're holding the torch for the Premier League. And we do really need to bring our A game against Chelsea this weekend. Yeah, definitely. I mean, if you look back to the game last season, it was around similar time, wasn't it? Beating 3-2 at home. Uh, that great winner from Yarmolenko at the end. Um, like you say, mate, it's going to take a lot of this game, isn't it? We've got Declan, no Declan Rice, no Aaron Cresswell, potentially no Arthur Masuaku, no Mikel Antonio. I I personally, I'll, go, I'll, I'll run you through what I think the team's going to be because I think this is, um, it's, it's up for debate. So I'll sort of see if you agree with it. So I'm going to go Fabianski in goal. Um, I'm going to go four at the back. I'm going to go Soufal, Diop and Ogbonna, and it's probably going to be Ben Johnson playing left back. Obviously, if is fit, I'd like him in there, but I think it's going to be Ben Johnson. Um, Nob should be all right. He played last week. Wasn't amazing, in all fairness, but you know, you're not going to get a great game from him every week. I worry about Noble, though, because you know, as, as we've discussed previously, he started the game at Stamford Bridge. We got absolutely battered, didn't we? I think 3-0 flattered him in the end. But he just didn't get near the ball. We didn't even have a shot on goal in the end. Anyway, so we look forward to him playing alongside Thomas Suchek in the middle. Um, I'm going to go for Jared Bowen with Pablo Fernals, Jesse Lingard. I'm going to go Ben Rama because I just think he has to he has to go for it. We have to win this game. Like we we can't afford to lose this game. And it, 
it could be the end of our Champions League push if we lose this. I know there's still going to be um, five games to go after this, but you need to keep it in your own hands. Now, this could put us three points clear of them. It can open up another five-point gap between us and Spurs as well. What do you think? I think it's really important that we get something from the game. They've got to drop points, essentially. Uh, I know we've got a favourable running compared to Chelsea in that, but you know they've got the quality and they can pull results out of the bag even when they're not playing well, particularly. Mm. Um, so it is important um, that we get the point. And that will be such a huge morale boost, especially with the players that we got missing. To do it against Chelsea... One, who I'd consider one of our leading contenders. That'd be huge for the boys. Yeah, you say about them getting results and not playing well, but you I mean last two games, you know, two teams struggling down the bottom. They've lost to West Brom, and they're also uh, they drew with Brighton. Brighton should have nicked that game. I don't know if you saw much of it, but I caught a bit at the end of it. Um, Chelsea didn't create too much, but Lallana had a great chance, and uh, Danny Welbeck at the post. I mean, they had chances to nick the game themselves. I just. Like you say, I hope I hope they're keeping one eye on the Champions League. But do they even want to be playing in the Champions League now? I mean, all right, obviously the players do. The players and the managers, the, the coaching staff, obviously want to be playing in that game. But, you know, this it's just throwing a real spanner in the works for them all of this, isn't it? And hopefully we can capitalise on it because we need to win this game. Like I, I, I said last week to Dom and Marshy, I've never been as emotionally invested in watching a game at home as I was for the Spurs game. Um, earlier in the season because it opened up that nine-point gap between us and Spurs. That's back down to two points now. You know, that they've done really well to close that gap. Let's not kid ourselves here, but, you know, this Chelsea game is going to be horrible to watch. I haven't been this anxious about a game ever, I don't think, genuinely, because there's so much riding on it for us and we're never normally in this position. And I just I want the players to finish the season with something, to have, to have achieved something because they deserve it. And I just feel like, you know, me as an individual, I'll be more than happy with Europa League. I will. I'll be. I'll be over the moon with that because we've never had it before. It will be some good away days for us to go to next year and some home games as well. But I feel like the club want Champions League football. You know, you're not going to get to this point and you and not want it. And I think you actually said it to me last week. Um, the whole season, Moyes has downplayed it, hasn't he? He's he's always. Are you in the Champions League? You're in with the mix. He's like, oh, okay, yeah, we'll see. We're not sure and all of that. But he's actually acknowledged it in the last couple of weeks. And he said that, yeah, we're up here. We're going to keep pushing for it. They want it. They really want it. And despite all the injuries, we're still up there. And I remember the shout. And I just hope that they give themselves, you know, do do a bit of justice for themselves after the, the shaky performance last week. They, they need to step it up. All right, that's all about all we've got time for this week on the Hammers Unrestricted podcast. Um you know, it's been, it's been good, as I say, to have a rant this week. There's been a lot going on. Um, there's so much that we didn't even discuss, I think, Jim, to be honest with you. There's just there's just so much to get your head around with all of it. Um, any last words, mate? Well, happy the pubs are open. Can have a pint and wait for this Super League all to blow over. <laughs> Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. I'm done. See you next week. <laughs>